Hi everybody. Welcome back to this series of Wake Up. I'm gonna give everybody a minute to join because I know they send out notifications, so welcome. Thank you for joining. Thank you for coming back. Um, we have gone through Moda Ani, and now we're up to El Kainashama. Sorry, I'm just waiting a second because I'm watching everybody coming in. Um, okay, so we'll get started on this bracha. This bracha follows El Kainasham. Um, this bracha follows Asher We spoke about last week about the bracha that Hashem um, is miraculous. Hashem is Rofei Chol Basar. Hashem is Mafli Lasos. And now we're going to connect it with this week. Um, we're going to learn about our neshama, Elkai Neshama. Um, so what's interesting and what you notice right away when you make this bracha of Elkai Neshama is that there is no Baruch Atta. It's not your typical bracha, right? It's just Elkai Neshama, Shemesatabi, Tohorahi, Atayitarta. Um, Hashem created this incredible neshama and he put it within us, but we don't make a barachata. So what we learn from here is that you're supposed to connect this blessing to the previous bracha. So we have the bracha of the body and now we're connecting it to the bracha of the soul. So that's Elokai neshama. So these two brachos are fused together. And when we mentioned last week, we said mafli lasos, Hashem is the most incredible and he's wondrous. And what are we referring to that he's so wondrous is that he's able to contain the body within the soul. Like it doesn't make sense that something that's so physical from this world should be connected to something upper. So right now what we have is the neshama from the upper world is being connected to this world. They're being fused together and that's the mafli lasos. So let's try to understand this bracha a little bit because if we're going to understand what Elkai Neshama is, um, you know, Neshama is a little different than the guf, right? The body, we can understand, there's intricate systems. We, we, we know our body, right? We know this is the newest thing. Like, you have to know your color palette. Anybody ever do this? Like, did you, like, get your color palette? Especially now for the fall season. Um, so, like, you have to know what clothing looks good on your body, on your guf. You have to know, you know, what how your glasses fit your face and what colors work for you and what size hat to wear. So, our body is something that we're very in tune to. We know what our body is. But, like, our neshama... We don't even really know its purpose, right? Sometimes it's like, you know why your body is here, but why is our neshama here? And what is our neshama's purpose? Um, so let's go back to the beginning of time when Hashem first created Adam and he gave him a neshama. Um, just by the way, a side note, this bracha, Elkai neshama, is the longer version of the moda'ani. When we spoke about in the first class, moda'ani lefanecha melachai v'kayam shehachazarta bi nishmasi, we're referring to that neshama and in this bracha of Elkai Neshama, it's expounded. So we're going a little bit further into it. Um, so here what we're saying is Elkai Neshama Shemesatavi. So what's this Neshama? So let's go back to the beginning of time when Hashem first created Adam. So Hashem created the animals and he created them bottom up. Okay, so he created a horse and when he created a horse, he started with the bottom, he started with the horseshoes and then he went up and then he created his body and then he created his head and now we have a horse. Okay, next animal, monkey. He started with his feet, he went all the way up, he has the middle, he has the top, okay, now he has the monkey. When it came to Adam, Hashem created Adam and then he put Adam to sleep. Hi, Rifki. Um, he put Adam to sleep and then he put a neshama into his body. And how did he do it? It says in Hebrew, it says, Vayipach ba'apav, Nishmas Chaim. He blew into his nostrils 
a neshama. Now, what's interesting, there's a lot of, you know, interesting commentary on the idea of the nose, that the nose is the highest of the senses. The nose was not affected during, um, during the chet that was committed, the first sin that was committed. All the other senses were affected, taste, um, and and touch and sight right but smell was not affected so that's the highest of the of the senses and like where the neshama comes from and the hebrew word for neshama is the same letters as neshima which is breath so hashem blew into his nostrils a living soul and then he became a living being and that actually refers to our power and our koach of hadibur of speech right what makes us what elevates us from animals the ability to speak Right? Parrots speak, but it's nonsensical. But um, human beings have the ability to speech, and that's what differentiates from animals. I love animals. My kids want a puppy so badly. Maybe they think they keep thinking I'm going to surprise them for Hanukkah. It's not happening. Um, but animals are great, right? And puppies are great, and, and, and all the, the animals that you could have, but they don't have that power of speech that humans have, and that comes from the breath. Happens to be, I'm super attuned to this because last year, I had polyps removed from my vocal cords. I know, like me and Adele, um, she had this surgery also. You can't talk for a week. Um, you can't even imagine the pain that it was for me not to speak for a week. Um, I was like, my kids were taking such advantage of me. They're like, what? I can have a sleepover? Like, yeah, yeah, I can have a sleepover. I'm like, and my, I went to take my daughter for a haircut. And I'm like, just a little bit. And my daughter's like, cut it all off. And like, she had this like short haircut. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if only I could speak. Um, I actually got an app on my phone, like a speech generating um, app where I would type it and then it would say the words. So it's like, don't cut my hair. But, you know, so my kids took advantage. But I started to realize that a lot of my speech has to do with my breathing. So I had to learn how to properly breathe. I had to know how to take breaths. Still, it's a work in progress. But any of you who've had this speech problem, I'm sure you've seen the same doctor, the one doctor, Dr. Wu in the city. Um, it was like... When I would ever come to the office, it would be like singers and like Rebeyan, right? Because they're using their voice to yell over them. Um, so, oh my gosh, your brother is getting them removed next month. It's definitely not a fun surgery um, and a recovery. And then it requires voice therapy after. Um, but I very much realized how my neshima is very much connected to my neshama, which gives me the power of speech. So this, this idea of the neshama definitely comes from something higher, right? So it's, it's a connection that we have to the upper world. But what really is our neshama? Like I said, we know our, we know our guf, but how do we, what, what do we do with our neshama? So these, um, these teachings um, actually are from Esther Wien. Um, she's an incredible human being. And I recently heard a share. She's doing a lot of uh, Corona Zoom classes. And I was listening to her share on neshama and I was like so blown away. And she was trying to explain like, we understand what our other functions of our body are. We know what you know what our lungs are there for. We know what our teeth are there for. We know what our eyes are for. But what is our neshama here for and what does it come from? So um, she compares it a little bit to this idea of a child's development. When we are first created, um, a human is a baby, a fetus in his mother's womb, is receiving everything through the umbilical cord. Everything is being pumped through this umbilical cord life, food, breath, everything is from there. And then even after a child is born, a child is still very much connected to their parents, whether the child is nursing um, or as they're getting older, while they're growing up, the parents provide for them food. The children only eat what the parents bring home for, uh, you know, from the grocery, what the mom makes for dinner. They are very um, 
very much connected to the parent, even still as young age. And as they get older and they turn into, you know, the adolescent teenager years, they start to think like, oh, like I don't have to be so reliant on my mom. Like if I don't like dinner, like I could just Uber eat in food. Like my kids started doing that. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh, well, if we don't like this, you know, we'll just, we'll just order in food. Right? So the idea is that as we leave that stage of being like so connected to the umbilical cord, eventually we kind of try to rebel and we try to sort of say like, hmm, I could do this on my own, right? And then what we hope for and eventually what ends up happening is that as the child gets older and, you know, perhaps marries, they start to come back to the beginning to their parents' values and all the things that their parents have taught them because they realize that those things are so necessary. So it's kind of like a little cyclical where everything really originally comes from Hashem, then I try to go on to my own way, and then the lastly is where I come back, like I turn key and I incorporate one and two, and then I realize I'm very much connected to Hashem. So it's very similar to, this idea is very similar to how we receive our neshama. Our neshama is an umbilical cord for us to connect to Hashem, right? We wonder like, what is, what is our neshama? What is our neshama teaching us? What is our neshama there for? What's the purpose of our neshama? So our neshama is coming something directly from Hashem, right? No, no human being created themselves. We all know that we're connected to Hashem. We all know that it's coming from somewhere higher and above. Thank you so much, Only Simchas. I never knew Only Simchas was like a person. I just thought it was like a website. So thank you for tuning in. Um, the neshama comes from higher above. We know that the neshama was created from Hashem. We know it's something godly. And then at some point in our lives, we kind of rebel against that. And we kind of say like, you know, we live in a physical world. Like things are just going, things are happening, things are dying, right? Like you see things don't live that long. Okay, yay, you get to live 100 years or something, right? Plants come and go, seasons, you know, come, fall, winter. And it's kind of like, you kind of want to think like YOLO. Like I want to just enjoy this time that I'm here. I don't want to be so connected to that place where, oh, maybe somebody created me. And then eventually as you get older, we hope that you, like I said, turn key and you come back and you realize that everything really does come from Hashem, and that is the source of everything. So what is the neshama? What is this Elkai neshama shenasatabi tohorahi? Is it, is it a body part within us that there's somewhere there? Is it our heart? Is it our ribs? Is it, is it our hands? What is it? So the neshama is, and this is based on the Ramam, is the source of the flow. It's what we call in Hebrew as shefa. When we want to connect to that higher place, we have to, uh, we have to like turn on our neshama to be able to receive from Hashem. Now, how do we turn that faucet on? Turning that faucet on is through Torah. That's what will generate the flow. And through that flow, you can also get Emunah, Yerushimayim, um, you can get Hashkacha Pratis. So much can come from that. But we have to realize that we get certain ideas from a certain place, and those ideas are put into our brains through our Neshama. You can live an incredible, fulfilling life without connecting to your neshama. You can be an intelligent person. You can be smart. You can study statistics. You can have everything that the brain offers. You can be an emotional person. You can have good feelings. You could, you could love others. You could be empathetic. And physically, you could also take care of yourself physically. You can you know, be active. You can exercise. You could train your body. You have all those great abilities, intellectually, physically, emotionally. But what the neshama does is, the neshama is that, that, that reminder that tells us 
how to use it properly, how to tune in. Cause like you could ask yourself, like, what am I supposed to do? Like I have this great body. Like, what do I do with it? I, I should just dress it with fancy clothing. Yes, you should, by the way, dress it with nice clothing. Um, but what else could you do with it to make that body more meaningful? What could you do to your emotions? Like, should I just be a stoic person? Should I be, you know, those, those people who are, who don't have feelings for other people? Like, what do I do with my emotions? What do I do with my brain? Do I just study statistics all day? And the neshama, when you turn that on, when you turn that faucet on, that flow on, that is the Torah, that, 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 that connect, the, the flow, by the way, turning it on is the Torah, is what teaches you on how to use all those parts of you, how to use your brain, how to use your intellect, how to use your emotions properly, how to use your body properly. So the neshama, thank you, Meaningful People Podcast, um, the neshama is what really reminds you on how to use your guff. So you need to incorporate neshama and guf. You have both of them. You have the guf, and that's great. But the neshama tells you how to use everything properly. And if we think back to the first person who activated this kind of shefa, it was actually Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was the one who asked questions. Avram Avinu questioned what everybody else was doing. Everybody else was just living their lives without activating their neshama. So we realized that we activate our neshama through asking questions. It's so pure. It's telling me what to do. Hashem, you created it. You take it away from me at night and you're going to keep giving it back to me. And eventually, by the time of this bracha actually has a reference to Tchei we're going to be that neshama. So this idea is that Avraham Avinu was the first one to ask questions, right? Avraham said, Hashem, where are you who created this incredible world? There must be a creator. And Hashem said, oh my goodness, you just turned the faucet on. I'm so happy. I'm so ready to give you the Torah, the Shefa that you need. And then it continued with Avraham, with Yitzchak, with Yaakov. We went down to Mitzrayim and we were activating it. The flow was coming. The whole story of Beratius is all of this flow of the neshama that's connecting us to Hashem. And then eventually we went through Mitzrayim and we went through the Makos and the Mitzrayim got punished and we, Hashem split the sea. And all of a sudden there was this revelation of Hashem at Har Sinai that it says that we died. Our neshamas left us. What does that mean our neshamas left us? We had like this, we had this near-death experience. It means that our neshamas were connecting to something higher and that fetus in its mother's womb, that was ripped open. It became transparent, right? Because if you think about it, a baby in its mother's womb, a fetus in its mother's womb doesn't know its creator, doesn't know where it comes from. But once that wall becomes transparent, you're able to see who you're connected to. So at that moment, at Har Sinai, when all these miracles happened, it became so transparent to us, the Jewish people, that there's something so much greater. <clears throat> I guess I'm not using my voice there pretty properly. I apologize. So just one last thought here is that, you know, this world is always trying to connect to something more soulful, right? Soul cycle is so big. Why is soul cycle so big? Why is like, all these, you know, Overeaters Anonymous, Alcohols Anonymous, why are these things so big? Because people don't want to be alone. People want to have purpose and meaning in their life. Yes, there's a brief stage where maybe as a teenager and as an adolescent, you don't want to be as connected. You want to <coughs> excuse me, you want to rip apart from your parents. You want to be separate from them. You don't want them. You want to just Uber eat your own food. You don't want to be connected to them. 
But eventually what ends up happening is that you come back full circle and you realize, no, I don't want to be alone. I want to be connected to something bigger. And that's the voice of your neshama. That's your neshama calling out saying, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to just be, you know, by myself, drinking a bottle of booze, you know, doing whatever I need to do to feel something. That's not what I want. And that's why those organizations are so big, they're so powerful. Like exercise became like a whole movement because you feel connected, right? The whole, the, I, I haven't been to Soul Cycle. Um, I know Tova Joseph, he's a big fan. Um, so maybe one day I'll go with her to a class. But people are so connected to that because they, their soul, they want to bring their soul into it. So yes, for moments during adolescence or moments where, where, where people, um, you know, just want to be alone and, and, and step away from everything, they feel that's good. But bottom line, our neshama wants and tries to tell us that we're part of something much bigger. Even though the world will tell you it's just here and it's just whatever you have here and YOLO, it's not just this. You're part of something much bigger. And that is your neshama is connected to Hashem. So you just have to think of it as like you're connected to this umbilical cord with Hashem. You turn that on, and we're going to talk about this next week when we talk about Berchas Torah. You turn that valve on with learning Torah. And that brings into you meaning to every single part of your day, every single part of your life. And you can activate it by asking questions, just like Avon Ravinu, who created this world. What's happening here? And then eventually you'll have clarity where that wall becomes transparent. And that's what your neshama is. You blew it into me. It gave me meaning. It fulfills me in all which ways. It fulfills my mind, my intellect, my body, my emotions, everything. And um, we want to continue to be connected to you. So we thank Hashem every single morning for returning to us and eventually in the future. Um, hi, Nicole. <laughs> thank you for joining. Um, so I hope that you find more meaning in this bracha now of Elokai Neshama, and you can stay tuned for next week when we talk about Birchas and how actually how to turn that valve on. Um, so thank you so much. Have a great night.